welcome back to the Better Men, Better Ball Player podcast. I'm your host, Trey Cobb. I want to thank you for joining us for our 40th episode. And thrilled to bring in another Maryland guy, local guy, coaching at my alma mater, St. Marguerite High School, Coach Greg Eversole. Coach Greg Eversole. Those guys that don't know him, uh, this is actually his second tour of duty at St. Marguerite High School. Um, in 1978, he was a Blue Ridge champion. He won the Blue Ridge Championship. And uh, this is his seventh year. So in between there, he spent 15 years at South Hagerstown High School as a head coach. He also spent some time at North Hagerstown High School, North Hagerstown High as well, under Chuck Zonis, another great coach. Um, so St. Mary Gretti, 2017, they won the Old Line League Championship. Dating back before that, in South at South High during his time, he actually retired from South High in 2002, took some time away, and um, Gretti brought them back. And this is his seventh year leading the Gretti program, which they've, you know, he's turned him like what he what he talks about in the podcast as a competitor that was used to be a participant, and now they've become a competitive program. And they're trying to get to become the next step, which is um, much more recognized and becoming more of a uh, hunter instead of hunted. Um, and we'll get into more of that on the podcast, and so you'll hear some of that from him. But um, Coach Eversole is also known Bleeding the Green at South Hagerson High School. He was there for 15 years. 95, they were conference champions. 95, they were state finalists. 96, they were conference championships. And 96, they were also, that's when they first won the first school state championship in baseball in 1996 and um, 1997 of course and he was district coach of the year coaching our all-state game at Canham Yards and um, you know was been county coach of the year he's been conference coach of the year he's actually in the Hagerstown Community College Hall of Fame as well as being the Frostburg State University alumni coach of the year and um, he has a great resume just a great baseball guy he's given his life to the game um, loves to just give instruction free, uh, help out kids wherever he can, and um, just typically you see him in the summertime, he's just watching a game somewhere. Uh, yes, it might be with his grandkids at a time, but uh, for the most part, he's going to be somewhere watching a baseball game. So, Coach Greg Eversole, uh, we have a great conversation just about his culture of how he's created there at Reddy, uh, this second time through, differences between public school and high school, what he's kind of seen. And just uh, how the game has maybe changed. Uh, probably practice. He talked about practices changed. Um, what they're doing now based on what they didn't have to do uh, earlier in his career. So you're talking about lessons learned through a guy that's, again, given his life to the game. He talked about how his father played. And his father was able to pass down, uh, pass down lessons to him. And now he's trying to, again, pay it forward to passed on that same knowledge to the next generation. And um, so um, just really pleased to, you know, glad we could uh, make it happen and want to introduce to you and enjoy a great episode with head coach St. Mary Grady High School in Hagerstown, Maryland, Coach Greg Eversole. When I took over the South Hagerstown High School program, and I think it was 1988, 1989, I have to look. <laughs> uh, it was a program in disarray. It was 
it was a uh, spring sport activity. Sure. And that's the way the kids approached it. And I can remember our first game, we were re getting ready to play Smithburg, who had just come off of a very successful season with the Baker boys and that, that food else on that. And oh, I'm man. giving my rah-rah speech of, you know, we're going to play, we're going to play on Barton. Uh, a boy by the name of uh, Mike Kidd that uh, was our first baseman put his, he's about six foot six basketball player, put his hand on my shoulder and said, coach, settle down. We play Smithsburg today. We get beat. I said, oh, okay. I said, you can watch us get beat because you were the starting first baseman. Now you're going to watch us get beat, but we're not going to get beat. We're going to give it our all. And, and that was <laughs> groundwork for where we started. And from there, right. you, you, you have to set a mindset. And I thought it would take four years to turn a program around at a public school like that. It took five. It took a whole cycle of kids that become mine plus one. My mindset, how we wanted to do things, how coaches wanted to do things, <clears throat> just getting our facility, our uniform, just making the kids feel like it's a program instead of a team. If mm. you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, and I know this is one, like, one of one of your, you know, big, and now you're taking over Goretti. And Goretti well, this is what, year six? <laughs> uh, this, I, this was 214. So, you know, with, with COVID year, it, it's harder. This will be year seven, I believe. So you're seven with COVID. With so COVID, like this yeah. would really be like, your, if we get to play this spring, it'll be your full sixth. And, uh, and taking over the uh, Goretti team, you know, uh, I was asked to come to Goretti. I did not search out that. Right. Having just retired from public education, uh, Friend, a friend came knocking at the door. Harry Turner said, "We'd like for you to do, come over to Gretty and, and you know help us rebuild program." I said, "No way! I've had my turn. You know, I had been out since 2002, and I thought, Harry, I don't want to get back into this. Even though I love the game, <laughs> I was sitting down at the front end like helping Ed Kite, just sitting on the bench teaching kids the game, why we did things, why you do things the way you do." He said, "No, we need you. We really need you." And uh, it took a month <laughs> negotiating with David Blackstone at Gretty for me to say yes. And uh, all along, my wife was saying, you're going to do it. You're going to do it. And being my biggest encourager, which I, you need as a coach. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Uh, I, I, I took the program there. I said, and I told her, I said, uh, I, I'm not going to raise money. Uh, I'm not going to do field work. And they want me to coach. I'm just going to coach. I'm not going to, you know, I don't want to deal with parents. And, you know, lo and behold, seven years later, we're dealing with it all. We've taken a team and now have, a, I think, a very respectable program. But it oh, was for a, sure. Not same kind sure. of mindset at South that we had at, at, at Gretty. It was a spring sport activity. And when May 10th rolled around, you know, the kids were ready for prom and, and move on and, and other activities. And now we're, you know, functioning uh, 365 days a year as some aspect of our program. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, like, what are some of, like, <clears throat> so how, how have – you know, because, yeah, there's been a big culture, you know, change, you know, and I think it's still coming because even, like, you know, when I talk to people about, you know, Goretti has a chance to be, the, you know, I think the best team in our county, you know, and that still isn't, still is even in our county, like, wow, the, the county must be down or the county this, this, like, it's it's still getting to that point, like, how are you able to change people's mindset of what Goretti baseball well, yeah. is? It takes a lot of ingredients. Uh, it's, it's just not – it's a head coach with a vision that people buy the thought that the direction I'd like to take that. Uh, it takes parents who uh, realize what we're trying to do for their sons, not just win baseball games. And that's, that's, the, that's the side – that's the side light. It's ha have a program where we build these boys' characters, teach them how to be dedicated and, and make sacrifice. But it takes parents who <laughs> – you know, and when you're in a, in a private school, it takes funding. Uh, you know, Reddy is not blessed with a lot of funding. 
to have good equipment, you know, you, you can excite kids with, with good equipment, good uniforms. And it took us a while to the point where, uh, we just kind of struggled till we found a group of kids that were, that actually came to play basketball already. And they all ended up playing baseball because they realized they weren't the type of basketball player that uh, coach Miller was looking for. And that was the Brian Shives and, and uh, <laughs> Brock Penns, uh, uh, Luke Odell's, Seamus Murray's, uh, they really turned program around and, and, and saw that we could play small ball and be successful. Uh, we weren't, we weren't tremendously strong, but we tried to keep fundamentally sound. And from that people were like, Oh, what's going on with Gretty? What's going on with Gretty? You know, things, you know, they're playing good baseball. They're moving kids on to college. This is what we want, <laughs> but you always have that underlying factor. It takes quite a few thousand dollars to go to Gretty and, sure. and, and parents. Uh, but uh, couple that with, I've had <laughs> a couple good parents and Mike Murray and uh, Craig O'Connor adopt us financially. Kerry uh, uh, Malloy was another gentleman that was with us and his son left the program because of COVID uh, and other situations uh, that we've been able to great, make great facility improvements. Uh, mm -hmm. And I think if we would have been able to have the 2020 season and what we had done to the field and the, the group that I could put on the field, it would have really give us, given us a boost to attract those, those people in Washington County and say, hey, yeah, Ready is a, is a fine program. So we'll, we'll, we'll hope and keeping our fingers crossed that we can put all this on the table here in another couple months. Yeah, yeah, let's hope, man, because it'll be a shame if not, you know, to go two years without doing something. But I know, I know Goretti, I know Dave, and I think they'll do what they can, mm -hmm. um, whether that might be having to travel some, you know, mm -hmm. I think we'll do what we can for sure. Hopefully you guys can. Um, you know, and I, it's just, uh, you know, it's, it's been great. It's been great to watch, you know, uh, just being a Goretti alum and things like that. But just even overall, just seeing it, it's great for our county. Um, you know, so it, just thinking about, um, you know, you're, you're having to go in now and you've had, you had a huge experience at South Hagerstown. You were a public school educator and now, you know, here taking this tour, you know, getting ready to where you were at a private school. What can you say is, what do you like? What do you dislike about the difference between public and private school? Well, I think there's parameters, different parameters for each, each, uh, entity. Public is, is, you know, the state has so many rules around what a season is, what the coach can do with the player, uh, where they can travel. Uh, Gretty, uh, I'm, I'm in limited. I had an opportunity to go back to North. I was asked to, to, to leave Gretty, go back to North. I said, why would I give up everything I have to do go back to public school when I can travel to Myrtle Beach in the spring tournament? I can play, you know, you public-wise, <laughs> if you play 25 games, that means you've won a state championship. Correct. Uh, at Gretty, I can play 25 games or plus. Uh, I don't have to <laughs> worry where I'm traveling. And, and I think Maryland now, you must stay in the state of Maryland. Uh, there's just a lot of restrictions uh, as to what you can do with your boys in and off season. Uh, however, both, you know, it depends on where you are in your position of life. Uh, South worked for me because I was a public educator. Right. Uh, my first tour of duty at Gretty, uh, I, was, I was young and dumb. Uh, I didn't have a reputation. I, I hadn't proven myself yet. Uh, you know, people liked how I worked with kids, but people, they were super strong high school programs and ready baseball was not the thing. Cookie Robertson was building a powerhouse uh, basketball program and Gretty was known as the ba basketball school. Uh -huh. You know, Jim Martin ran good soccer at Gretty. Uh, they, you know, 
had other sports, but it was it was a ba- basketball school. Sure. But after having a successful tour duty at South, uh, where we, like I said, took the program from you know participant to a competitor to recognized across the state, uh, I had credibility coming into Gretti. And it was like, oh, he's back. We, we thought he was tired. We thought he was done. And, uh, you know, the good Lord blessed me with opportunities uh, to come back, help, uh, support. And uh, yeah, we just have turned things around. And it's, it's exciting. I'm just, just very disappointed when you get to show all that that we put together for last spring. Yeah. Yeah, we'll soon now. Hopefully we get to see it this year. You know, I mean, I, so I would agree. I mean, we just with, with private school and public school. I mean, are you seeing anything, like, you know, now you've been, this is like I said, seventh, seventh year, you're talking to, you know, been year, seven years talking to everyone as you're recruiting kids. Um, has you seen, has it, has, has anything changed in the last seven years? I know you guys are getting better, you know, and they said, but like, have. Um, well, the, the, the culture at Granny since we've uh, demolished the old building and, and our new site, uh, we've gone through some growing pains. Uh, people are wondering why. It, it, it's the transition of teachers, transition of administration, um, and it, it, it's been a battle past couple of years. But I think Dr. Storch has really got the pieces falling together, and their vision of what Grady's going to become, especially with the athletic area. I don't know if the public knows it, but that athletic area is to become a turf field for lacrosse and soccer. Mm-hmm. That would be powerful and garnering kids to come there to play those two sports. Sure. I know they work hard for lacrosse. I know Coach King works hard for soccer, as well as the uh, uh, pieces of the puzzle for credit are being put into place. We just have to get through this tough time of life we're all experiencing and uh, uh, just do the best we can with the little bit we have, and, and you know, the best will happen. Uh, sure. you got to think that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, man. So, yeah, uh, I mean... The, the, other thing, the other thing, Trey, uh, I have... You know, when we recruit, I, I just don't recruit a good baseball player. I, mm-hmm. I recruit a person. I, I, uh, we check out grades. Uh, as soon as I get a name, you know, having been an educator in the county, there's not many principals I can't call and say, tell me about so-and-so. <laughs> so when I make a recommendation to uh, admissions of a, of a player that would like to come, they know uh, I'm recommending a pretty good student. I'm real proud to say that of our 22 baseball players, first quarter this year, 19 of the 22 were 3.0 or better. Right. And we, we take pride in, in you know, what we're doing in the classroom. Four of them are National Honor Society with a couple of younger boys that will probably become National Honor Society students in the next year or so. So, uh, you know, putting that together academically as well as athletically is what we're trying to do at Ready. Sure. That's important. You know, it's, it's a great education and, you know, I just, I just wonder, like, have, is this, is it, is it selling any different now? And what I mean by that, I guess with COVID, has COVID helped you, like, has COVID helping private schools? Like, do you think that? David Blackstone had an initial thought that because Gretty would be, uh, they're, they're running a hybrid uh, mix of classes right now. <laughs> he thought maybe more private or public school kids would come over. I don't think we've seen that. Okay. Uh, you know, it's, it's still an expense. Uh, there was a knock at the door in September of quite a few kids that can we come for us for a semester? And then once we get out of COVID and maybe get back, then they would return to their school. And the school said, no, we wouldn't want a commitment, a full year commitment, which is 
and quite a few thousand dollars. Sure. Uh, so people backed off there. Um, there has not been a big rush. Uh, you know, people are unemployed. P- people are wondering where their dollars are coming from. Sure. <laughs> so I think everybody's safeguarding, waiting for the, this thing to turn around. Hopefully next year this time, things have turned around and we start to find a new normal, if, it's, if, if that's a term. And uh, we have things in place at Ready, especially for the baseball program, that it becomes attractive after another uh, after a good season here in 21. Yeah. Well, let's let's get into those the 365 days, man. Let's get let's get into a little bit, like so, like what what when you when you you know you've taken, like you said, I, I love how you talk about being a participant to be a competitor and then being state recognized. It's a great it's a great way of of saying it. And so, how like what's that process look like? So, what is your what does your timeline look like? Um, well, we we have our regular season. It usually starts the last week of February. Ending somewhere May 10th, May 15th, depending on whether we have a, a league playoff. Last year we didn't, or two years ago we didn't have a league playoff because things disbanded. Uh, <laughs> and then our players will, will reach out to their travel teams. You know, I kind of let them go. They reach out to their travel teams. I encourage them to play somewhere, uh, trying to take a head count. Are you playing? If you're really going to play for us next spring, you need to be playing somewhere. We're not just a participant that you show up in the spring and expect to be a starter. Uh, you need to prepare yourself. Uh, our kids will leave in the spring, travel ball, They uh, quite a few. I think we had uh, maybe nine or ten uh, Funkstown Legion players last year. Uh, and the year before, uh, we were well populated on the Junior Legion and the Senior Legion. Uh, we come back as a melting pot in the fall where I, I blend in our freshmen or younger kids or transfers that come in and we play fall ball. Uh, we run a fall ball program with area uh, teams from West Virginia, <coughs> Frederick County, uh, Scotland campus out of Pennsylvania, uh, playing about 14 to 16 games, depending on the weather, uh, which takes us to the end of October. Uh, I'm a believer in that uh, since these boys have started in February, it's now the end of October, and they've probably been playing baseball, their body has to rest. So we take October off, and this year, uh, in working with some parents and talking to them, we started our first ever weight training program for our players. Awesome. Where we're, we're, we're paying for them to attend – Elite Performance Institute twice a week uh, under a, a skilled trainer uh, designed around baseball, uh, agility, speed, uh, strength training. And uh, then in, Jan- in January, uh, we'll go two nights a week uh, and have our hitting workouts. So, uh, you know, by the time 1st of March rolls around, we pretty much are ready to hit the field and we'll get back to playing defense and our bats are ready to explode. So, uh, uh, the kids pretty much commit themselves to that. Uh, however we do, you know, if we have people that want to play basketball or other sports, you know, I, I believe that the, being a multi-sport player is still what a high school kid has to do. So if, if they <laughs> do not make our 365 days, they still participate with us when they get back because they're athletes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so you, so with a EPI, so like they go and work out at EPI, um, and that's something that's covered within the program or is that something that extra that um, they're going to. This is, this is the first year uh, we've, we've been, uh, like I said, we've grown to the point where people are recognizing what we're doing uh, and people are coming to me saying, what do you want next for your program? And, awesome. Uh, you know, how can I help? Uh, and uh, as I said, uh, Mike Murray really uh, supports us uh, beyond what the school can give us. And, and that's very limited because of the funding at Gray. Sure. And uh, Craig O'Connor recognizes we, we do, uh, <coughs> some fundraisers. Uh, we just finished a 
Crumpy's Donut Fundraiser selling 400 uh, donut certificates uh, that raised the money to pay for this winter workout. So this is at no cost to the players. But up until this year, I might charge the kids $25, $30 to cover the expense of that sure. hour. And uh, uh, we've gotten to the point where financially we're sound enough to say, all right, we're taking care of you, uh -huh. uh, which parents are really appreciating because they're putting up so many so much money to tent ready. Why, why beat them up and say, well, I need 20 here for this, 20 uh -huh. here for that. If we can do fundraising and, and get that together and make that happen for them, we, we would be able to do that. So it's kind of exciting to see it go from that first year team where I had 12 kids of maybe two and a half of them could really play baseball. Right. To, to 22 kids. And, uh, um, you know, this year it's nine seniors and probably six of those, six of those would like to go on and play collegially if they can find the right place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's great. Now, will you like to, um, I'm just thinking of like just the, the weightlifting program, you know, so, um, will you, I know there's one thing that I, I, I think I look back on and saying, how can we try to lift, lift and get these kids stronger in high school, you know? And so do they have the opportunities, you know, at Caritic to be able to lift? Uh, like, are you finding ways to be able to do that? Uh, is that, or is that really um, the winner? You're familiar with Freddie and you know, the stage area, there is a yeah. weight, weights there. It's not a great, but I think, I think kids need instruction to do it properly. Sure. Uh, I'm not skilled in that. Uh, during my t playing time, I didn't worry about lifting weights. It was not even encouraged. You, you were right. discouraged from lifting weights. I mean, you just played. You threw and you hit and you, you ran and you played. Right. Uh, and coming back from 2002, now it's all about weight training. Even though at South, I tried to encourage uh, my my <laughs> athletes to, to weight train. Uh, it was a battle. I don't know whether you found that out at Smithburg, but it was a battle. But those who left the program after graduation, went to college, would come back and say, coach, why didn't you make me weight train? I said, I, you, you wouldn't let me hog tie you to a barbell, let alone weight, weight train. I tried to encourage that. But I think there comes a commitment from the player of how do I want to get better? And we know today that better athletes are bigger, stronger, and faster. And mm. when players rep recognize that and make that commitment, uh, then their success in the spring Good example that was Seamus Murray uh, from his freshman year to his senior year. He, he discovered the weight room uh, prior to his junior year and really became a nice junior senior player for us as a first baseman. Uh, put, you know, totally changed his body structure, totally changed his back. He became mm -hmm. quicker, bigger, and stronger. Uh, it is a good example of, of personal commitment by a baseball player. Uh, but again, it's, it's not, the coach has got to be the encourager. But the player has has to have some time in their life where they, I want to commit to this. I really want to be a, a player. And, and we know, looking at players across the United States, those who move ahead are the ones who have made that commitment, get bigger, stronger, and faster, and have committed to you know, good travel programs, good instruction, good camps, and uh, realize there's great baseball players in this United States of America all over the 50 states and all the territories. Mm hmm. Yes, there are. You know, I, I just, um, you know, I, I always, I, you know, this is number, like, you'll be number 40. You know, I've been fortunate enough to have 40 conversations with some pretty, really good coaches, good friends, um, mentors. And a common thing you just, you just hear, very common thing is the adaptability. 
and being able to adapt yourself, being open to new ideas, just being a learner. Basically, if I'm adaptable, I'm a learner. And it seems like, you know, like you just said, when I was a player, we didn't do anything. This wasn't worried about. Now we're paying it. We're just, we're paying our kids to even go through it. Like you ain't got to worry about, we're going to pay you to have a trainer to do it. Is this something that you've always had? Like, is, it, is that a trait that, you know, to, to be a learner, to, to be, be adaptable? Because um, I know you still have a lot of things that you hold true that you've done since day one of coaching. But there's also things that you've, you know, like the weight training, like you're fully into that when you used to never be into that. You know, like, what are the, some of those things that, you know, that you've, you've shown that you, because you are, you can definitely tell that you are a learner. You, you continue to learn and try to get better. Um, and then there's other things that, that you just kind of hold, hold true. Well, I, I think every coach finds those things that make them successful. But you have to add to that. You can't, you can't come up with that, that ribbon of success and it just goes everywhere. That ribbon has to turn and twist and meander a little bit. And you got to listen to the gurus out there that say, you know, because of technology, because of, of uh, science, of their of the, uh, kinesiology that they're looking at baseball players, you've got to have an ear open. As a, as a public school educator, middle school math teacher, uh, I taught out of the box. Uh, I, you know, I, I came up with things that were creative that, that, that uh, wanted to grab the attention of my students to, to make them want to do math. Uh, my job was to make them love to do math. And I think it's the same with the baseball player. I can't just sit and say, this is the way we do things. I, each year, uh, I try to find like, what do I need to do differently? Uh, and, and the weight training came up this year. What do I need to add to our program to make us better to, uh, you know, when a prospective uh, candidate sees that we now added weight training and we have winter workouts and we have a fall ball schedule, uh, that makes it tough to turn down uh, as compared to going to a public school if, if they so choose that. Even though I, I don't want to put public school, there's great public school programs and I don't want, you know, my goal is not to, to pull kids from those programs unless they want to basically as eighth graders, even though we've had some people transfer uh, from high school, some, public school programs that uh, it's, this is not working for me. I'd like to come over to Gretty and uh, we, we blend them in. But uh, uh, as a coach in, ending in 2002 and coming back in 2014, what a world of difference of what my practice has to be, even though we, we had a very structured practice itself. Uh, but, uh, you know, you, you have to be very skill oriented. You, you, you really, because the kids aren't getting the instruction thoroughly as, as I would like coming out of summer play you really have to be a teacher first and, and coach second uh, and you're, are you talking uh, about are you like is, is that first statement are you saying that's how it is now yes than what, than what it was in 2002 you're right right uh, um, oh that's interesting uh, it, it's it's the, the instruction you know that, that, you know you're, you're familiar with the Pony League yeah uh, and I'm not trying to bust on Pony League but the Pony League backbone has been broken by travel ball. Uh, the, the elite players are looking to create that tournament type weekend uh, pretty much every weekend when they travel that they used to get through all-star play. Uh, when I played in the Pony League, there were two divisions of 10 teams. Yep. Quality, quality teams. We had to beat each other to get out of town. The instruction at that point from the old codgers that I grew up around that, that instructed me, uh, really taught us how to play the game of baseball. And now what's, what's Pony League down to uh, six to eight teams, uh, you know, 
Coach Berger's really working his tail off trying to make the league go. Uh, it's struggling getting quality players because they're playing travel ball. Uh, so being travel ball, everybody says, well, you're going to get great instruction. I'm not seeing that as, as, a, as a golden rule. So the type of instruction we have to do to make sure we're doing it, and you, you heard me use the term the Gretty way, this is how we want to do things. And, uh, we have to take time to teach that. Well, I think that's what makes you a great teacher. I, I think as all good teachers, and I have to have this conversation with my teammates in our department, you know, and you hear a lot of like, as a good teacher, you just don't assume anything. You know, like exactly. you, can't, you can't assume that they know how to put their name on the paper. You know, like you, you can't assume that they know how to the field a ground ball. You can't assume that they know how to hold the bat. You can't assume they know how to, to get taken out of a ball game. So, yes, and if you want it done a certain way, you just got to teach those things. And I think that just shows to, yes, you're trying to run a program, so we're going to do it this way. Um, you know, now, so another question, and I guess that will stem from that is, do you feel like at that time, because I, I think that's such an incredible, incredible response, because I, I feel like, because like another, because another part of what you were saying is like, you know, kids now have personal hitting coaches, personal pitching coaches, and they've got all these different things. So if I'm paying, I, I typically they're getting that instruction. So is like, what's changed there? You know what I mean? Well, because it, it goes back, that's good. It goes back to why our fall ball is so successful. I, yeah. I call our fall ball season, our time to meld together. You know, they come from their different travel balls and that travel ball team is going to do things defensively this way, or they, they talk about their hitting philosophy this way. And then we come to Gretty. It, it takes us those 16 games to get ready for spring for them to understand this is how we're going to do it Gretty. And I tell them there's some things because of our physical strength defensively, I'm choosing to do that if I were a college coach and I had an outfielder that had a big, strong, booming arm, I probably wouldn't do it that way. But for Gretty, when we walk on that field defensively, I want our players to know where to be, what their responsibilities are to create the success and minimize the amount of errors. So we do things the Gretty way. But I tell them, you know, when you leave me, you got to play for the coach you go play for. But, but the things we're doing are sound and will work, if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. So let's let's talk about let's talk about the gritty way. Let's talk about that. Like so, is it? Did, well, first off, because especially because you, because you've done two tours, a huge tour at South High, you know, and now you're halfway through with Gritty. Has are those are those kind of similar? Like are those like your way? Like was it this was South High way the similar to Gritty way, or has it kind of melded as you've kind of adapted something? The, the uh, South High way, as I said, there's things that a coach has that he knows if you get your players to that will bring success. That I brought along. <laughs> I always used the term at the South High in the uh, early 90s, mid 90s, uh, boom line drive. And our focus in hitting was boom line drive. We wanted to hit the ball hard. So it sounded like the ball coming, uh, coming out of a can when it came off the bat. And if it was hit at some shortstop, what's a shortstop at the high school level going to do if that has that boom sound? They would get out of the way, unless they're you know, a superb defensive player. So this term boom line drive, I've <coughs> always used in our hitting philosophy at Gretty is we want to hit the ball hard. You know, we're not home run hitters. You know, I don't have kids that can power the ball like some of these high, big high school programs, but we can learn to hit the ball hard. Uh, we at South and, and at Gretty, we talk about a quality at bat. I'm a firm believer in a five pitch at bat. And we get into great discussions of um, should you hit the first pitch in high school baseball? If it's there, yes. 
But if you hit that first pitch, it ought to be two things, a boom line drive at somebody, something's hit hard, or you're, you're, you find yourself on base somewhere. Uh, can you make out on the first pitch hitting a boom line drive? Yeah, if you've done that. <laughs> but if you're trying to take uh, bad pitches and make boom line drives, you can't hit a bad pitch into a boom line drive, if you understand our hitting philosophy. So mm-hmm. we have a hitting philosophy and then we have our defensive philosophy, how we play, how we play the outfield. Uh, another thing is our rule is if a, a ground ball gets by an outfielder, you know, most coaches will say outfielder gets the ball and throws the ball the longer throw to the relay man. We kind of go the other way. I, I, we talk about the distance of where the ball is to where the base is and we'll do 75, 25 that that first throw should be a short, quick throw and let the second throw be a longer throw. And we find we can be more accurate with that. Would I do that if I were a college coach? No way. You know, you have those outfielders at the collegiate level that they have the arms that can make that. So yeah, they're just good enough ball players. But yeah, your middle infielders are going to be your better players for sure. Right. So we want to you know, we, we want to get to the ball quickly. We want to get it to that relay man quickly, and then let him make the stronger of the two throws. And you're, you, as you said, your middle infielders, your shortstop, second baseman, are probably your better arms. Sure. And it's been successful for, for that. We've been successful with that. That's good. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> that's great yeah i mean i'm just so so looking at so um you know you're a teacher you're a teacher at heart you know and retired educator um great math teacher um you know people would come and watch you teach and and things like that and so what you know let's let's walk us through a practice man like let's let's talk about some practice stuff that's you know the things that you love you love to teach you love to be there you love to be you know helping kids out you're doing camps and you know you continue to be active it's just trying to you, you love to teach so Walk us through some of the things you just love to do at practice. Um, I, first of all, I, I just want to make things fun. I, I want I want practice to be enjoyable for players. I, I don't want it to be a drudgery. Uh, you know, when, when we do our uh, isometrics and we do our uh, uh, beginning workouts to, to prepare to play, we'll play music. We have we'll put, put music in the background just to set a tone. Uh, <laughs> every another thing I, I picked up. Uh, I went to Florida one, one spring and saw the Boston Red Sox uh, run. And, and every coach, I think, around here will run poles in the spring. All right, all right guys, you got four poles to do. We don't run poles at Grady. We run arc runs. And I watched the Red Sox. They would start behind the arc at <laughs> infield and pair up and, and do a slow jog across the back of the infield from first to third, walk across the infield, do that three times. And then the fourth and fifth time, they would have what, we, what I call a rabbit chase. One guy chases the other. We come back the fifth time and and the other guy chases the other, and we have little competitions. And I will stagger their starts to make it competitive. So if somebody's with somebody slower or faster, they have a chance to to to, to catch them in their rabbit race. Uh, <coughs> then we we uh, will go to skill drills. You know, I have, I have good coaches. Eric Poole takes our care of our uh, uh, outfield. Uh, Nick Moats and, and Rodney Young take care of the infield. Uh, we break down into uh, skill play. And we'll do an infield outfield for communication, uh, and then and then into situations. Very rarely do I take batting practice during a practice. You know, batting practice is something I think a player should find time on their own. Uh, you know, time in the spring is very limited <laughs> because of the, the time and, uh, and, co- and coolness of the weather. So getting that time on the field, <laughs> preparing to play defense is, is uh, the best. But uh, uh, you know, we we break down and. I was just talking to a prospective candidate today about the, you know, th- this old man, you know, I can't hit fungos anymore. I can't throw <laughs> batting practice anymore. Uh, and it, it's important to uh, uh, get kids to uh, 
do things for me that I'd like to do. I'm the instructor. So we do what's called a four-way infield, which involves hitting, fielding, and throwing. Mm-hmm. So I did this at Gretti at one time. We taught kids how to hit fungos with a backhand toss. Of my 12 players, one of them could do it. Coach, I can't backhand toss in the fungo. I have to frighthand toss. So we've got it to the point now where all of our kids can backhand toss, and it's a hitting drill. So we're hitting uh, – there's four stations across the infield where they're hitting ground balls, fielders are fielding, and, and kids have fun with that. And then when we uh, do our base running situations, we, you know, we, we, we should try to make it fun. Just, uh, uh, you know, every once in a while we sneak in a set up home plate behind second base and have home run derby with mush balls. Uh, yeah. Let the kids swing. You know, it, it's, you know, uh, fun, fun, fun. And, and, and you know, all of our team conferences before a game is like, let's play hard, but when the day's done, let's, can we say we've had fun? And, and uh, that, that's our, our biggest goal to give, give these kids memories. That's what high school baseball should be about. And then those that go on, you know, it, it separates the men from the boys. I mean, when you go to a college program, it's 24 seven, as you know, they're really intense when they, they, they go on. So oh, yeah. uh, our, our practices are fine. Yeah. Trying to get, well, it's also, we'll have certain goals. If they can then, <laughs> you know, like I like to say, and I forget where I heard this, but you know, it's one of the best questions at the beginning you know we all set goals and we all want to have great things but if you can't if you can't reach those goals what kind of experience do you want to have and that's what it really comes down to i think you're trying to you're trying to develop a good experience for your kids right 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 and uh, that's what you know th- those stories get out to our, our prospects and uh, they hear that and they go oh, i want to be a part of that you know another thing i found that i've tried to do in <laughs> changing culture since we were talking about that earlier is to have a word or phrase for each year that kind of resonates through the season. And back when we were young and not as talented, it was like, pick up your buddy. You know, if we make an error, go pick him up. You know, uh, nobody wants to make errors, but it happens. So we went, went from there to uh, uh, do the little things. You know, we got confident, you know, are you doing the little things? Are you personally doing little things? Because if you do your little things and the other player does his little things, they all put together, we can be successful. And then, then we get into the word routine. You know, what routine? When you get out of school at the end of the school day and from the time you put your uniform on, what is your routine to get ready to, to come to, to play a game? Or what is your routine to come to practice? What is your routine at a game and preparing before the game starts? What routines do you have? We really emphasize that. Every player should have routines. Uh, and, then, and then last year, we, we were working on perception. We had gotten to the point where, you know, we were the, we were the, you know, everybody would play Grady because you could play Grady and beat Grady. You know, now you play Grady. Uh, I remember uh, the team that came up from West Virginia uh, or Virginia. <laughs> they went to play us opening day. And it was, it was, you could tell they were going to be one to know when they walked out of Grady. Uh, they have not returned a phone call to play again. We beat them and it was, it was a very satisfying because we were prepared. We, we had our routine and our perception. So our perception is that we are now not the hunted, but we, we, we want people to, to, you know, come get us. Mm-hmm. And but we're still not quite ready to play the bigger schools. I don't have that, the, the uh, strength. We're getting there. Uh, and, and I think the next couple of years <laughs> will be that, that difference. So, you know, uh, playing those big, stronger schools like Jefferson, uh, mm-hmm who have 2000 kids compared to like 200 kids. And, right. Uh, but the, it, it's the whole, the whole process has been fun. 
Oh, for sure. You know, just being able to see something grow in front of your eyes, you know, I'm doing the work and, you know, it's great. But yeah, like you said, it definitely takes some good relationships. There's people, you know, O'Connor's a great man. Um, great man. You know, that guy, um, you know, loves Gretty for sure. And Gretty alumni, Gretty alumni is heart and soul. And, uh, uh, he has a son that, uh, has worked hard to be a participant, a competitor. Uh, very proud of Owen. You know, I, I, you know, for him to, did I lose you, Trey? No, I'm good. All right, let me, uh, my, uh, I've lost your video. Let me get the video back. I can see you. All right, there we go. Uh, Owen probably <laughs> would not be a baseball player in another high school program. Uh, Owen probably throws a 55-mile-an-hour fastball. Uh, you, I don't know if you saw Owen pitch at the Legion a couple summers ago. Mm-hmm. He believes in what he does, and he knows if he keeps the ball low, that everybody's going to be swinging over top of the ball. And he just loves his style of pitching. Does he see him self playing collegially? No way. But is he making some great memories uh, for a high school career? Absolutely. His dad is so proud of him and what he's been able to do. Mm-hmm. Sure. That's awesome. No, so that's, that's that's what's unique about. <laughs> some of the things that happen with players that I have. That, uh, some of our play, you know, some of our freshmen, they come in, uh, they think they're going to play varsity baseball, and then they realize they're 14 playing against 18-year-old and how we do things. It's an eye-awakening experience for dads. And they're, they're learning to be patient with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we've had quite a few kids in our program where they have been able to play if they had gone to the high school where they should have gone to publicly, they probably would not have played uh, and have matured working through the process and through this 365-day, uh, 12-month program. You know, Carl is another one has really become a very respectable second baseman, uh, making good memories. So that, that's what's fun. It is making that high school memory. Uh, to take a look back and say, I played. Oh, for sure. And hopefully they'll be a, good, a, a coach someday. Maybe they'll have a son and, no, there's a right, right way to do that. That's the, the other magical thing. I just hope I'm pe- paying for passing and paying it forward with these kids if, if they come back and help their sons and who, if it's not their son, their other sons. So passing, so like thinking about that, like passing it down, like, so what, what kind of things, like you think about your legacy, you know, here you are, you know, you're, what, what are you, what, what do you want to be, you know, passing down and people remember you, you know, all the time you bled green and, with South Hagerstown and like, what are, what are the things that you want these kids to be remembered and passing down? Uh, well, it's, 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 it's being this age and having this experience is very humbling and players that have reconnected. Um, (laughs) I was not a Facebook person until uh, I, I I retired from teaching. I I didn't want to be associated with that and the connections that could happen. Well, you know, I'm, I'm really not a great social media person, but, dabble enough to, to be uh, uh, dangerous. That's right. Uh, I, I, had a, I had a young man, just to share this story with you, uh, the year after we won our state championship, <laughs> I had a young man that uh, the night before our season was to start, I was called into the administrator's office and say, There's, these four players will not be able to play uh, this season. They received a citation and Washington County says that they can't play athletics. Um, Coach, you can't say anything. I'm just telling you this. And it's amazing. Last year this time, one of those players apologized to me 
for creating that situation. He carried it from, from 1997 wow. to 2019 and apologized. And I said, don't worry about it. I said, it, it, it was a great life lesson for you. It's made, it made you a better person. Sometimes we have to go through failure to become better. <laughs> but that was like, wow, very humbling to know that that young man carried that until he had an opportunity and was strong enough and forward enough to say, coach, I'm sorry. Uh, and we, we and I stayed Facebook friends. Uh, we, we touched base, you know, through the holidays and, and different events. Uh, so um, the kids you have that uh, on your teams that they go on to be principals, teachers, uh, businessmen, a young man that played for me at Gray, by the name of Tony Panettieri, is a doctor at Walter Reed uh, Army Hospital. And he's treating uh, the soldiers that come back from the Middle East with PSTD. Mm. And he had me down to, you know, he, he touches base. It's just, it's just so humbling. And I guess the legacy I'm going to leave is that I, I help kids and, and they, they look at me as, you know, I don't want to say a father figure, but somebody that just is interested in them and supportive of them. And if they need to cry on my shoulder, I'm there. It's just not all about baseball. It's about life. And, you know, I know that's a storyline you probably heard from every coach. It's, it's about life. We're teaching life. There's so many. Only from the great ones, coach. Uh, all, it's, it's, it's what it's about. You know, uh, it's, it's not about, you know, yeah, we've won some championships. But, you know, I've, I've also been to the bottom of the valley. I mean, my, my first year at South, we were, I think, 3-13. and 13, I think uh, of those 13 losses, uh, 14 of them were by 14 run rule. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but but we survived that. We we you know kept the fort together and, and uh, move forward and, and, and build a nice program we recognize across the state. And, and the same things happened at Grady. I I can remember our first year we go down to Easter tournament with the uh, Winsport Wildcats in South Hagerstown High School, <coughs> and uh, we have to play Winsport first game. And uh, I feel a little kid that has a little curveball and and. Dave Warnfeld's dad, David, is sitting out in right field, and we won that day. He said, never expected that. I said, I didn't either. We just came in just played simple baseball, threw the curveball across the plate. So, you know, those memories like that and the, <laughs> the legacy of having those stories that those kids can share in their life with their kids. You know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a simple man. I, you know, my time's moved on. You know, I hope good Lord says, you know, nice job, good job. You know, we <laughs> You know, gave you the, the opportunity and you took care of it for kids. Yeah. yeah. You're doing a great job with it, Coach. That's for sure. Thank you. You know, so, I mean, it's, and, um, <clears throat> you know, like, is there, is there anything that, that you'd like to hang your hat on? Anything else, to, anything that you'd love to just get off and just touch to space and, and talk about that we've never really touched base about? Um, now my, my, my life, as I said, you know, I'm, I'm an old West End of Hagerstown boy. That, uh, Me too. Uh, uh, was raised simple from the West End of the league. I, I, I was going to share with you a story that, uh, you know, here was my story of exit velocity, exit velocity and launch angle. Uh, I'm eight years old. I'm trying out for my first little league team. And I got down to myself and another player. And they, the coach said, go put your hand on the sign in center field. I'm going to drop my hat. First one to touch home plate makes the team. I think I had the best exit velocity that day and the launch angle off that fence because I won by one step. <laughs> so uh, it, it's, it's fun to you know reflect back. And that was back in 1958 to be able to uh, 
you know, I was a kid who didn't know how to catch throw or, or you know, every time that somebody threw ball to me, my dad would duck. But uh, it all goes back to a legacy that my dad started. Uh, he played a little minor league ball, uh, was a good athlete in the county and uh, worked with me and uh, was able to see me coach one year at South Hagerstown High School before he passed on. So I've been I've been very fortunate, very blessed to you know, be at South, be at North a little bit, uh, be at Gretty twice. And, you know, mess around the Pony League, mess around the Colt League, and just to mess around the camps <coughs> and help kids with their skills that they're living the dream and maybe uh, they can move forward and, and you know, take, it'll take them somewhere. Mm-hmm. So, like, if anybody, if anybody else would want to, like, just touch base with you more about your program, get to know more about Goretti, like, what's the best way to get in contact with you to do that? Uh, they, can, they can email me at uh, DGSOL, D-G-S-O-L-E at myactv.net or um, if they want to give me a call 301-988-0723 love to talk the game Um, uh, I have you know you know my position I probably have missed the boat and you know I look around and see a lot of other people making a lot of money off of uh, instruction I I limit what I do and I try to do it free Uh, and I I know it's going to be careful saying that because you'll get a lot of phone calls but uh, 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 it just, I just, I'm, uh, you know, it's given to me and I'm passing it forward. I'm, I'm, I'm paying it forward. Just uh, uh, hoping kids can, can get out of their experience playing baseball that, uh, that, that I was able to get. Uh, uh, you know, my grandson, Kyle, he was here at the house today. And uh, okay. uh, he's had all of Papa's instruction to the point where <laughs> uh, I told him I go out to the garage today. I said, you swing. You coming out? I said, nope. I said, you got to figure it out. Uh, he, he struggled a little bit last summer. He just has that. He hasn't overcome that fear to swing and hit. And I, and I, I said, Kyle, you know where your feet have to be. You know where your hands have to be. You know where your head has to be. You know how you, how to load, launch, and extend, and finish. Go out and figure it out. And he came back 45 minutes later. Said, Type, I had a good workout. So that, that was fun to see him be able to do that, too. So, That's good. That's uh, you got to find it. you got to find it. I do like I think um, you know I, I I know you said launch angle and exit velocity um, you know but then you also brought up in a lot of small ball you know and I know you believe you know I guess with also within your offensive philosophy you talk about quality bats you talked about boom line drives hitting the ball hard you also play a very small small ball as well you love the you know don't you're also offensive philosophy. You want to touch base about that at all? Well, we, we, we love the bunt. Uh, we, we love the first and third situations. Uh, we, we work hard. We, we try to score players as to what to look for. Um, I've had success with that at uh, South, and, and you know it's part of what we do at Coretti. Uh, we, we, we do another thing that is just, I guess, kind of one of my hidden secrets. We, uh, when we're not real talented at uh, the 6, 7, 8, 9 position, We'll pinch the plate and take strike. Uh, our batters will go up. Our toes will be on that line along the home plate. Our elbows will be hanging over the plate. Hopefully that pitcher will look in there and go, mm, he, he, I, I'm, I don't want to hit him. And right. my kids will go, Coach, do you want me to pinch the plate and take strike? Do you want me to pinch? Yeah, because they've seen it work. And in today's day and age of pitch counts, if you get your six, seven, eight, nine people <laughs> dedicated to pinch the plate and take a strike, you run that pitch count out and uh, one of the boys when you're in, you know, you know, Chris Martin had a tremendous career for us. 40 hits his senior year, I think 
almost 120 hits his career. Coach, do you make Chris pinch play and take strike? I said no, he can go up and hack at everything he wants to swing at. But know your players. Yeah, uh, you know, you, you gotta know your players and and, and uh, they've got to realize we adapt to their skills. And, but it's it's neat watching them, especially this pinch play and take strike. And we we <laughs> I've done that with weaker teams. When you have kids that hit, you let them hit. You don't pinch play and take strike. But you get down to sixth or seventh inning, you need a base runner to start the inning. You know, it doesn't hurt to pinch plate take strike. That's right. Uh, that's where a good pitcher will look and say, oh, he's hanging over the plate. And if he's been well coached, he's going to buzz that bat, that batter back. But you'd be surprised it hasn't been taught. No, not nowadays. You can't hardly get in there. Certain players. But, but yeah, we, we, we play small ball. We, we, we try to hit the ball hard. Um, and, I, and I'm not so much a, <laughs> as a hitting coach at this point that I think our kids are skilled to be able to hit behind runners and do this and that with the bat. We just went, you know, we're working on hand-eye coordination. Our, our talent level we have is work on hand-eye coordination and hit the ball hard. And uh, that's why Icaretti with the, the 252 sign down the right field line, you would think there'd be a lot of home runs. Uh, where do most high school kids hit the ball? They're trained to hit the ball at the middle. And very rare, I know, maybe one in seven years have I seen a home run that have been towards the scoreboard at the 252 sign. They just... Mm. Kind of a unique, unique little field with its dimensions and, and corners and curves, and, uh, but yeah, small ball is a part of what we do. Yeah, well, it's about you know, scoring runs, about creating offense. You know, <laughs> like you do it, you do it with the defense. I think when you, you know, again, again, just being a good teacher, you hit the nail on the head of if your guy can swing it, you let it swing it. But if we need to put a bunt down, we put a bunt down. Like it's you know, it's you think you do what's the game asks you to do and what the player's capable of doing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you're a, you know, a being a great teacher, you know, you can certainly see that as well. So, okay. um, coach, I mean, coach, so, um, you know, any final thoughts before you start wrapping up? We're here about an hour into it already. Any, any final thoughts you want to go in wrapping this thing well, up? Well, I, I appreciate what you do in the County. Thank you for allowing me to be a guest on your podcast. I'm honored with all the other names that I've seen listed. Uh, like I said, I'm just a little yokel local uh, that loves baseball, trying to give it back and uh, appreciate being able to share some of the insights we have at Goretti and, and South High and, and what has been my success. And uh, I just uh, hope and pray we get COVID under control and play in 2021. Yeah, I hope so too. Yeah, I appreciate, you know, like I said, you know, it's just, it's good to have mentors like yourself, Coach Krieger, you know, Mr. Warren Feltz. You know, those are big mentors of mine, you know. So, um, you know, it's great that I, I just try to, you know, live up to those kind of standards as well. So you, we've got some big shoes to fill from uh, from my age and, and our generation. So well, you're, um, appreciate you're well that. ahead of where we were at the same age. But, <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's been, it's been an absolute pleasure, Coach, and I'm glad that we were able to, you know, we were able to finally touch base and get this thing done for sure. Absolutely. So. Coach Craig Eversole from St. Mary Goretti High School in Hankerstown, Maryland, giving up some great knowledge about culture, talking about, you can just hear his passion, love to teach, being a teacher first, and being able to just give this guys a great experience. You can just see the progression of a culture to where now even giving kids as many opportunities as they can without even having to 
fundraise or having to fundraise and then being able to have the right people in your program to be able to get to that. that and that's about building a program. That's a, that's a culture, you know, where all of a sudden now you've got people supporting you, um, things that the kids don't even need to purchase. You're not, you're not, you're not having to charge families to try to do the things that you know that are the best things for your program. Uh, I love the Kira guy. It's always, it's always, even as a teacher, you see, hear people, you know, teaching for 30 years and they're still willing to learn new things, go to trainings, ask themselves what do they need to do differently? How can I make myself better? This is the, these are the traits, you know? So it's just amazing um, that, you know, you've got people that have dedicated their life to it, still asking themselves, how can I get better? How can I make these things better? These are the same exact questions we all should be asking ourselves every single day. Um, this is how we all, this is what we do. This is how we get better. Um, we aren't finished product. We are imperfect uh, we are not perfect beings. Stop treating people like they are perfect beings, um, and um, you know enjoy those things. So I, I just I love those things. How can I do things differently? That was a question he talked about, as well as what can I do to make our program uh, better. Um, so again, if you need to reach out to Coach Eversoul, I'd like to hear more about the Saint Mary Grady program. By all means, email him at dg soul s o l e dg soul at my actv.net. That's his email address, and he gave out a cell phone number there, 301-988-0723. So, again, thanks to Coach Eversoul. Great talking to you. Great to get a little insight into the Gertie program and seeing where it's come, as well as, you know, looking back at the, uh, you know, great career that he had at South Hagerstown High School as well. So, a lot of great lessons learned. Um, a lot of great lessons learned for sure. So, um, thanks again for tuning in. Really appreciate those people who continue to reach out and continue to listen a week in and week out. And uh, hopefully that we're continuing to provide some great conversations with the people to allow it to help grow the game, to help people get better. So until next week, keep getting better.